Welcome back to the Jerry Lawler Show here on Podcast One. My name is Sean Reedy. Thank you so much for the download. Feel free, as always, to leave a review or uh, follow us on Twitter at Lawler Show. Follow my co-host at Jerry Lawler. Also on Facebook and Instagram at the same handle. Kind of a sad day, Jerry, obviously, as yesterday we had the passing of a guy you drew a lot of money with in Memphis and is just a major figure in the history of wrestling, uh, Rocky Johnson. Oh, yeah, that was uh, actually a, a total shock. Uh, I still haven't learned any of the details on what, hap- what happened. Uh, if He may have been ill for a while, a sickness or something, but uh, I didn't know anything about it. I don't think the wrestling world did as well. All of a sudden, we just got news over the social media that uh, Rocky had passed away. 75 years old, and gosh... It's just uh, just a shock. I mean, you know, I can imagine um, how that came to his son, The Rock, and, and just as uh, something just totally out of the blue. I, I Like you said, Rocky drew a lot of money for us here in Memphis, Tennessee. We, he and I go all the way back to 1976, or we had just experienced in the wrestling world the big fight between Muhammad Ali and Antonio Inoki, and that was uh, kind of on the minds of everybody. We even showed that we even showed that fight uh, on closed circuit at the Mid-South Coliseum, which was a huge thing for us back in that day. So we wanted to try to, as our promotion company here in Memphis, wanted to try to capitalize on that. And Jerry Jarrett found uh, Rocky Johnson. I, I, I had nothing to do with that. Jerry Jerry found him some kind of way. And, and uh, all of a sudden, we brought Rocky in. And I guess Rocky did have... Um, boxing background i mean you know i'm sure that's why why how it came about that jerry thought he'd be great for this for this uh angle and he was it was unbelievable uh all of a sudden uh, rocky johnson shows up and he he was very reminiscent of muhammad ali at the time you know young good-looking guy and he had he had actually been a sparring partner in the past for george foreman so he had these pictures of he uh, of of Rocky working out with George Foreman, and so you know we 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 brought him on TV as as a professional boxer. Uh, and we didn't plug it at all that he had ever been in wrestling at all. We just brought him in as as a boxer, and man, it just it just took off. All of a sudden, here's this guy so reminiscent of Muhammad Ali, this professional boxer, and he's going to come in and and box. The, the king of Memphis, the, uh, you know, the king of wrestling in, in our territory. And, uh, the thing just, the thing just went crazy. And we had a, we had sold out. Uh, I think, uh, I just saw the press clipping somewhere online. 11,688 people, I believe, jammed into the Mid-South Coliseum to see the boxer versus wrestler, Rocky Johnson versus Jerry Lawler. And, uh, man, it, we went, we went from there. Of course, when, when, whenever we drew a sellout back in the day, you know, we're going to try to get some return matches out of it. And and so Rocky came in and, and stayed for quite a while here with us. And he went to that's how we we transitioned him from the uh, from just being a boxer to a wrestler for all our fans here. And, and uh, man, Rocky was here for a, a, quite a while during the, you know, the mid to late 70s. Then he came back in again for us. Uh, and and gosh, I don't know, probably I, Rocky was responsible for drawing some of the biggest crowds, the biggest houses ever in the history of this territory. And he was, uh, he was great. And I, one other thing I'll never forget. Uh, I think one time we were, we were doing a Christmas show and it was the one where I, I 
me and Lance Russell changed personas and I put on Lance's suit and tie and he put on my wrestling gear and my helmet and we did an interview of each other. Well, during that same show, we had sent our cameras out to some of the different wrestling stars' homes and had them do like Jackie Fargo and, and different wrestlers, Tojo Yamamoto, and had them do uh, some Christmas messages. And one of my favorites was we sent the cameras out to Rocky's house and there, for the first time ever, I think it was his first ever appearance on a wrestling show of any kind, there was little Dewey. There was little Rock. Uh, uh, of course, Dwayne at the time, and, and, and Rocky and his family always called him Dewey. But, I mean, I, I, I bet he was maybe three or four years old at the time, and that was his first time ever on TV. And they, they were doing the, the interview in front of the their family Christmas tree, and little Dewey, oh, he was already wanting to open the presents. <laughs> and then, and uh, the Rock was saying, uh, Rocky was saying, no, 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 it's not, not time to open presents yet. <laughs> you kind of be, and he was sort of little, Rocky was doing a little whining over there, but uh, it was great. But, yeah, Rocky Johnson was, uh, you know, he stayed here, like I said, for a long time, became a really good friend. He was a great guy to work with, great guy to be around. And, and uh, gosh, it's just, you know, so sad just to all of a sudden. Uh, and, and, I hadn't, of course, Rocky lived down in Florida, and we would talk on the phone sometimes, and we would see each other at, at different uh, appearances. And uh, as a matter of fact, Coco Beware, just uh, Coco texted me yesterday and said that just, just this past weekend, Rocky was supposed to be with Coco and some other wrestlers up in New York to make an appearance. And they said that uh, uh, that Rocky didn't show up and they tried to call him uh, and, and he didn't answer. And then they tried to call his wife, Sherry or Sheila, rather, and she didn't answer. And so... Uh, you know, that was Coco said they were all wondering and kind of worried about him. And that was nobody heard about anything from him until till we heard that he passed away yesterday. So, yeah, very, very, very sad. It really is. It is. You know, whenever I've talked with either you or Jerry Jarrett on or off the air about him and that run, you both have been just so complimentary of him. And what a great guy he was and so easy to work with. You know, not a lot of footage exists of 70s pro wrestling. What was it about him that made him such a star? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, just uh, everything. I mean, he had that it factor. He had the charisma. He made great interviews. That was the main thing. He could talk with the best of them. And he was such a good-looking guy. Uh, you know, he was when we brought him in. Like I said, it was it was sort of following in the path of Muhammad Ali, who of course had been out there claiming that he was the greatest and he was a nice looking guy and all this sort of stuff. How, how beautiful he was. Well, Rocky just followed right in, uh, you know, right in behind that, and and he fit the mold perfectly. You know, tremendous physique, uh, very athletic. I mean, he the guy could do everything. He could box. He could wrestle. Uh, and he was a total package. Everybody just everybody fell in love with with uh, Rocky Johnson here in the Mid South area immediately. And obviously, his son learned quite a bit listening to those promos growing up. Well, you know what? It was it was funny. I uh, I saw. I guess some people have been posting different things on social media, and I saw the uh, little clip of Rocky talking about, uh, or, or the Rock talking about his dad, Rocky, at when he inducted him into the WWE Hall of Fame. And he even mentioned he even mentioned my name during that uh, during that induction ceremony because the Rock said I used to watch my dad and my dad could throw the most perfect drop kick 
And he did. Rocky Johnson. I don't know. It was just it was just something about. Uh, uh, I mean, it just didn't come out of, out of nowhere. Rocky, he set up the drop kick. He he would like he would like do a little pose with that great physique. And then his 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 body would sort of turn, his arms would turn and then boom up in the air. He'd fly. He could hit you right in the top of your head with those drop kicks. And then, man, the and some kind of way when he came down, he just landed so gracefully. It was like a it was like a watching a, a cat do a drop kick. It was. It was so graceful and everything. And so Rocky was uh, – The Rock was talking about Rocky's drop kicks during his induction ceremony. And he said that was the one thing that when he got into wrestling, he told himself, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop kick just like my dad. And he said then it was 1996, and I was down in the Tennessee Territory, and I was wrestling Jerry Lawler. And he said, Jerry Lawler calls a drop kick, and man, here I go, just like my dad. I threw the most perfect drop kick, and I hit Jerry Lawler. Right in the knees. <laughs> and he said, after that, I never threw another drop kick. And he didn't. <laughs> so, uh, but, but man, Rocky Johnson could really throw a great drop kick and all the stuff that he did. I, I it was just awesome. Yeah, I'm doing some some research here on ProWrestlingHistory.com. It looks like it was June 21st, 1976, when you guys had your first match. Drew 11,188, which is just about a sellout. That's just about a sellout at the Mid-South Coliseum. Amazing numbers that you guys were doing back in the day. And then uh, had a few returns that drew over 10,000. So, I mean, it was a, a, a great run that you had. A really creative idea. I don't think any other territory at that time did anything similar to kind of previewing what was to come with uh, UFC and characters like Taz later doing the kind of mixed martial arts boxing versus wrestling idea. You know, that that actually led up to, after we did that, I think really that maybe gave the idea that we were in 1977. Uh, I was talking with Elvis Presley's father, Vernon, about, uh, and, 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 and because it did so well with, you know, the boxer versus wrestler, we talked with Vernon Presley about having a mixed martial arts match with me and Elvis Presley. Uh, at the Mid-South Coliseum. And Vern, his dad, Vernon, said Elvis loved the idea. And that uh, yeah, that's that's when he told me, he said, Elvis is not in all that great shape right now. I'll be honest with you, Jerry, but he's fixing to start working out. He's got this concert tour coming up. And as soon as that tour's over, uh, he'll be ready to go, and we'll, we'll work this thing out. We'll have the match at the Mid-South Coliseum. And then, of course, Elvis passed away before the before the tour. But uh, yeah, that was that was the thing that we that worked so well for us with Rocky in the boxing versus uh, wrestling that we were trying to think of you know any any other kind of uh, matches that we could have the crossover with at that time. And then uh, I guess my last question would just be about you know Rocky the person. Like I said, you guys have always been so complimentary of him from that run, and uh, you know just really seem to have a lot of fondness for him. What was he like as a you know just a behind the scenes real person? <laughs> well, I mean, this is just me talking. I, I don't know how how much uh, other people or how close other people got to Rocky. You know, I felt like, especially since we worked so much together, I felt like we were close and and always felt that we were good friends. Never had a never ever had a crossword with uh, Rocky, and but but Rocky was so cool in the fact that he was at least around me. He was like always on. I mean, he had such a sense of humor. He was he it was v- very hard uh, to ever take Rocky serious because he was always clowning around. He was always joking. Uh, he had a like I said, a great sense of humor, and and I loved being around him because I I always prided myself on on. Uh, 
that that same sort of thing. So whenever whenever Rocky and I were hanging out together or uh, around each other at all at the shows, nothing nothing was serious. Everything was fun. Everything was a laugh. It was um, it, it was uh, just he was that he was that kind of person. He was just fun to be around. Condolences to you know the family, friends, and everybody uh, affected. Absolutely right. Rest yes. in peace to Rocky Johnson, one of the all-time greats. We'll be back in a moment on the Jerry Lawler Show. An autopsy not only reveals how a person died, but how they lived. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter. If you like what you're hearing, check out more dark mysteries on your TV on Reels channel. There are shocking real-life and death stories in world's most evil killers, like the quiet neighbor nicknamed the Scorpion after he bludgeoned nine women to death with a hammer, and Rodney Alcala, the serial murderer best known as the dating game killer. Then check out the latest episodes of Autopsy that reveal what really killed screen and music legends like Walt Disney, Tom Petty, David Cassidy, and Batman's Adam West. You can find Reels on your TV at Reels.com. That's R-E-E-L-Z.com. Then check the top of the screen to find Reels in your area. All hail the king. It's the Jerry Lawler Show. All right, Jerry, I know you're a little hesitant to bring on our next guest, but this is a pretty historic match coming up on Saturday, January 18th from Championship Wrestling of Arkansas. It's called No Surrender, where you are putting your career on the line against Matt Riviera's Arkansas Heavyweight Championship. What can you tell me about this event coming up? Well, first of all, I want to, you're going to call him now. You're going to, you're going to have him, you're going to have Matt Riviera on on our podcast. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, you're right. I'm not too crazy about that idea because I've, I don't know if uh, you've ever heard Matt Riviera talk, but there's no, uh, there's needs to be a handle that you can jiggle because it just keeps running and running on and on. You know what? It, it is a good idea to have him on because I want to know exactly how there's, there's some confusion in my mind about how this match came about. I've heard him say that I, I cleared all of these stipulations and, and, and everything. And I, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember all that, but I'm not backing down. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not going to happen, but I, I do want to get him on the line and find out how this match came about. So yeah. Can you, can you go ahead and call him there and get him on? We'll make a quick call here again. It's coming up on January 18th and I think we have him on the line. Matt, are you there? Hello? Who is this? Well, <laughs> first of all, it's Jerry Lawler. That's who it is. And my co-host, Sean Reedy, and we're calling you. Uh, you're on my podcast right now. So don't... Uh, well, Jerry. What? You know, I'm not surprised to hear from you. Uh, my phone's been ringing off the wall all week with from your friends calling concerned. I've heard from Dave Brown. I've heard from Jerry Calhoun. Let me, let, me, let me stop you right there. You still have a phone hanging on your wall? No, of course not, Jerry. Well, you just said my phone's been hanging, ringing off the wall. Well, it's it's a figure of speech, Jerry. You like to, you know, that's one of the few things we have in common. We both like to use figures of speech, and you and I both know that's a figure of speech. But I know why you're calling, and I know why you want me on the podcast. And I just like to start off by saying it's an honor to be the first wrestler who actually retired Jerry Lawler. And, King, I will accept your forfeit going into this match. And after January the 18th, I will continue to defend the CWA Arkansas Heavyweight Championship uh, with pride. 
So in your mind, it's a foregone conclusion. Well, I guess, I'm, I'm sure it is. You, you think that's going to be my last match there? And in, in, uh, I, I understand it's like North Little Rock, but it's actually called what, Maumel? Well, yes, King, it's called Maumel, but back to what I was saying, are you not calling me to forfeit the match? <laughs> of course not. I'm not calling you to forfeit the match. What are you, crazy? Well, I'm confused because Dave Brown called me earlier this week, and he, he told me what was going to happen. Jerry Calhoun, he was really concerned about it, and they both indicated to me that you were going to forfeit the match and that you guys were going to still show up and meet the fans, but then you guys were going to get up and make an early tea time back in Memphis and play some golf. Oh, my gosh, really? So, first of all, there's a, there's several things there that I don't believe. I don't <laughs> believe that I don't believe that Dave Brown or Jerry Calhoun would have ever called you for any reason whatsoever. Second of all, I don't know what time. I think the show is probably in the evening, seven o'clock or something. I understand you have a meet and greet, but uh, so in other words, you think you're telling the people that. They called you and said that we want to be there at 5 o'clock, forfeit the match, and make it all the way back to Memphis for an early tea time? Well, Dave told you're, me you're, that I you know, guys... That's a figure of speech, apparently, again, but your figures of speech aren't making much sense here today. Well, Dave Brown cares about you, Jerry, like a lot of people do, and he was concerned. He didn't want to see you get in the ring with me this Saturday, and... He knows that, you know, you can make an appearance and you guys can still make a lot of money and you guys can go to the golf course and have a good time. And, you know, he just indicated to me that you were going to call him forfeit. And he told me he was going to do his best journalistic best journalistic duty to talk you into that. And so he forecasted a forfeit. So that's what I assumed you were calling about. Okay. Another reason I know that's a lie is because I've never played golf ever, not one time in my life with Dave Brown. Jerry Calhoun, yes. Dave Brown, no. I don't think Dave Brown plays golf. Well, Jerry Calhoun told me you can't play golf anyway. Oh, really? Uh, so what did Jerry Calhoun tell you? I, I know you're right. Both Dave Brown and Jerry Calhoun are going to be at this show. You're right. That's And that is that is unusual. I don't know how you guys uh, got these stars like this to come all the way from Memphis, Tennessee, over to Little Rock, Arkansas for this show. I, uh, how you pulled that off, I don't know. This is a big thing, Dave Brown announcing. Yeah. And what's he announcing for? Who's, what are you filming this with your, one of your little uh, – VCR cameras? Well, you know, I was looking forward to Dave Brown commenting on your last match in the wrestling business. But so, so Jerry, what you're telling me is you're telling me you're going to ignore your friend's advice and you are actually going to get in the ring and wrestle me Saturday. Of course I'm going to get in the ring and wrestle you Saturday. How else How else could I leave Little Rock, Arkansas, the uh, Arkansas State champion, if I didn't get in the ring and wrestle you? You won this battle royal. You became the Arkansas heavyweight champion in Hot Springs. How long have you held this title now? King, I won that championship on October the 12th, and I'm never going to lose that championship. I will end my career at the time that I see fit with it. Mm -hmm. This is my little question that I don't know exactly. I can't remember exactly how this match came about, Matt, how this stipulation came about. Because usually if, if I have a stipulation in, in a match, I know something about it. I'll agree to it. And I... I guess, I don't know, you say that I agreed to this stipulation, that I would put my career, that I would say that, that if I don't win this match and beat you and win the Arkansas State Championship, that's that'll be the last match that I supposedly wrestle? Well, I, King, I, I said I agreed to that? I signed that contract? Yes, you did, King, and I can have our attorney send that back over to you. You know, it's, it's a sad state of affairs to see your, your memory loss. Ex accelerating like this, King. I mean, you don't even remember signing the contract. 
we've had this contract signed for a long time. And as a matter of fact, King, I, from what I understand, you're bringing several items with you to auction off. You're going to bring a crown to auction off. So this obviously signifies it's the end. You've, you've accepted in your own mind. You've already been defeated in your own mind, and you're all, you've already made up your mind. You're ready. I mean, heck, you've got a great deal, King, on Monday Night Raw every Monday night. You can sit there. You can make a ton of money just talking, and you don't have to get in the ring and trade punches with me. I get it. I respect that. I understand that. But, King, for you to say that you, you don't remember hurts my heart. It does? It does. It makes me sad. Oh, okay. Well, dry those tears. I don't want to, I don't want you to be crying. Well, you, you may be crying Saturday night. Does it even cross your mind that you might not be successful in that match? You know, like I said, I've already won 172 championship matches. Nobody in the history of professional wrestling. Look it up. Look at Wikipedia right now. Google it. Who's won the most championship matches in the history of wrestling? And my name will come up. So it doesn't concern you at all that you, your name might be added to that list? Well, Jerry, first of all, that means that you've lost more championships than anyone in the history of wrestling. Well, that's and no, true. I'm not I, I, I don't about try to tell anybody that, but that's true. But I would have to win your championship uh, first in order to lose it. That's correct, and that's not going to happen. How do you know? I really don't really don't appreciate being just uh, taken for granted, just written off like that. Well, maybe, maybe well, now, now that I think about it, maybe that is good. Maybe you do think that I am so past my prime, that I am so, uh, you know, needing to be put out to pasture, that you're just going to go in there and think that this is a foregone conclusion and that there's going to be no problem beating this uh, washed up king and retiring him. And I hope that's the mindset that you have because it's nothing I like better. I Nothing that I like better than to see a loser when he cries. That's an old song. I think uh, that some I love losers when they cry. Uh, I, I just I love to see somebody that is just so confident and so just know for a fact that they're going to win something and then get it snatched away from them. And so uh, that's what I'm looking forward to about Saturday night. Well, King, everyone knows that this Saturday I'm going to beat you. No, the only I, person no, that has not accepted no, that is you. All right, let's, all right, let's say you say everyone knows. Sean, you're someone, aren't you? I am. Do you know that Matt the Riviera is going to beat me Saturday night? Yes. He said yes. Did you hear? Oh, yes. <laughs> that's you saying that. That's you saying that. I have a hard he time thinking it. it's going to be the end of your career. That's just tough for me to accept. Yeah, me too. So I, I'm someone, and I don't think that you're going to beat me. So everyone does not think that you're going to beat me. Well, you know, King, I'm going to go back a little bit. You remember Ric Flair's farewell match in the WWE when Shawn Michaels hit the super kick on him? I'm yes. sure you remember that moment, right? Yes. Well, you know, I, I, never I, I've never thrown – well, I've never thrown a super kick in my life, but, King – it's going to be a repeat of that because when you're in the middle of the ring and you're staggering, and you're about to fall down, King, with a tear in my eye, I'm going to look directly at you and I'm going to say, I love you. And then I'm going to super kick your head off and pin you, just like Shawn Michaels did Ric Flair. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think you're delusional. I think you're, uh, I think you're, you, you've been hit in the head too many times. Well, I, even I, the animals. I, I can understand that you're, 
you, you look around your house or maybe you're double wide over there in Arkansas and you, <laughs> yeah, right, you see that phone hanging on the wall that you got your landline <laughs> hanging on the wall. And I can see that you're just sitting there envisioning something like that in your dreams that how great would that be? How great would that be if I could emulate Shawn Michaels? Uh, if I could do the same thing that so many millions of people saw the end of Ric Flair's career when Shawn Michaels looked at him and said, I love you. And then gave him the super kick. You're just, you're, you're unfortunately, Matt, you're dreaming. That's all a pipe dream. You can sit around all day long, like I said, in your trailer there in Arkansas, and you can dream these fantasies and, and that's all well and good. But those things don't always come true. And I can assure you that this one fantasy that you have about you looking me in the eye and telling me you love me, that ain't going to happen. That is not going to happen, okay? Do you understand that? So get, get a, yourself another dream. Dream something else. Dream something that I might slip on a banana peel and you somehow fall on top of me and the referee gets a quick three count and while I got my foot on the rope or something like that, that something like that would be a more realistic dream than what you're what you're dreaming up. King, the truth hurts and it's it's sad to see you like this. But even the animals in Arkansas know you're gonna lose. My dogs have been sad <laughs> all week. I go up I go up to my man cave and I've been watching Jerry Lawler matches and you against Bill Dundee and and different guys from Memphis, and they've been sad. And, King, you know, just the other day, I was driving down the interstate in one of the many billboards. King, there's billboards all over the state of Arkansas with you and I on it. And I looked up, and I saw this commotion up in the sky, and I wasn't sure what it was. And, King, it was vultures pecking on the billboard on the side you're on. Even they know. Really? Every man, woman, child, and animal knows what's coming Saturday night. The only one that doesn't seem to know is you. Well, you, if you remember, Jerry, I, I pinned you down in Benton. I defeated you in Benton, Louisiana, down there on a show. No, I don't remember that at all. As a matter of fact, it was the other way around. You must have hit your head something fierce. Yeah, I beat you down there, too. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, you know what? This is actually after this phone call, after this podcast today, I'm I'm really looking forward to this now. Before, I was sort of dreading it. A lot of times I'll, you know, I'll book a match and I'll have it in my book and I'll kind of forget about it. And then all of a sudden the time comes up and I'll, I realize, oh, my gosh, I got to somehow fly or drive to Little Rock, Arkansas. Why did I ever book this match? Uh, that happens to me a lot. But now, you know, this Saturday night, now I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to pull in over there with a smile on my face and uh, somebody is going to get to leave there with my crown. The crown that I use at the ring, the crown that I'm bringing, uh, because I understood, you told me now, that this, uh, the proceeds for this auction are going to go to a worthy cause, right? King, you just want to get rid of the crown. And from what I understand, Jerry Calhoun's going to have a U-Haul truck, and he's going to pull it behind you and Dave Brown in your Cadillac. Uh, how much stuff are you bringing? I mean, I know this is – you're trying to get rid of everything, and – and I know why you're so happy, you know. I mean, it's just, just like the employee go, showing up for his last day of work. <laughs> I mean, you're happy as a lark. I'm so proud for you, Jerry, and I'm so proud that I'm going to be the guy that gets to, gets to do that. And, and, you know, maybe we can we can put things aside, and I may even get a condo by you down there in Florida. Well, I do know one thing. I am going to look forward to uh, looking at this contract again because I do want to see if I'm sure that you had inserted in this contract that there will be a, a, a return match 
because I know that you don't want to think for a second that I'm going to take that, which I will take that Arkansas State Championship back to Tennessee. I could rebrand. I could rebrand it. Talk about rebranding the restaurant. I may rebrand that title. I may make it the Tennessee slash Arkansas Heavyweight Championship. That way, I don't have to come back to Arkansas to defend it. Oh yes, more big talk. Talk, 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 talk. That's well, all you do you know, is talk, Jerry. We don't have to worry about it because we're through talking. I appreciate you being on here, Matt. Thanks for answering the phone <laughs> that was ringing off the wall. <laughs> Jerry, I'll see you Saturday night. And my friend, <laughs> nice knowing you. Okay. See you Saturday. Wow. Can you cut him off now? Is he gone? I think he's gone. So I apologize if that was uh, unpleasant. That was my idea there. Well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't really unpleasant, and I appreciate you uh, uh, getting him on the line. It was just uh, this guy is so full of himself. I'm going to have to, I don't know, knock him down off his pedestal Saturday night. Remember this. Remember that number because I want to definitely try to get him back on. Maybe we could call him back next week on on the podcast next week and see what he has to say about the outcome of the match. Okay? Could be a very different phone call next week. Hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that happened on Monday Night Raw. You know, I, I love I love stuff that uh, and a lot of people may not like this, but I love stuff when it happens on Raw that's funny. I like humor in the show. Uh, I think that's part of the I've always been uh, entertained by things that are humorous. And and a couple of things happened Monday night that I thought was really humorous. One of the things I just had to, I had to uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but like I, I need one on on this uh, microphone that I'm doing a podcast on. We have we have a cough button or a sneeze button on our microphones there on our headsets when we're doing Monday Night Raw. So if, heaven forbid, you have to cough or you have to sneeze, uh, you hit that button and it just, you know, it mutes your mic. You, nobody can hear what's going on there. And a couple of times I had to actually hit the mute button on my mic Monday night because I was laughing so hard at stuff. And I don't want everybody. Sometimes I just can't help it. I the, I can't hit the mute button quick enough, and I just laugh out loud at some things. And Monday night was was um, was a couple of those things. First of all, Rusev and and uh, Liv they did an interview after their run in with Lashley and Lana. Uh, I don't know if you happened to hear. It. Did you hear? Did you hear that interview? I did. Well, I just <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna play this this one little clip from uh, from what Rusev said when he was talking to Bobby Lashley and see if this would have this this I don't know and that may be my mind being in the gutter or something that I just I couldn't help it I just busted out laughing and I don't know if I hit the mute button in time but <laughs> listen to this sorry wait a minute let me see if I can find it here okay listen I don't care you come in my face I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> One more time. I don't care. You come in my face. I'm going to fight you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but that just struck me as kind of funny. That's difficult logic to, to argue with. It's a fair, fair position. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right about that. Uh, but anyway, that was uh, that was Rusev. Now, the other thing that I just thought was so funny was our truth and his entire segment with Brock Lesnar and with Paul Heyman. And I think. I think we're going to try to get our truth on the line, right? Yes, absolutely. Let's do that right now. Okay, let's let's see if we can get him. We'll, we'll let him explain uh, what all went on during that segment. 
we now have our guest on the line this week on the Jerry Lawler Show. It is former 24-7 champion looking to get the title back, R-Truth. Truth, are you there? Yes, I am. What part of the world are you in right now as we speak to you? I am in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, awesome. And uh, he said uh, it's a 24-7-48-7-7-11-I-95 South European TV champion. Oh, European, European has been added, huh? Well, it was added from the beginning when I won it in Europe. You know what I'm saying? I'm, Euro- I'm part European. Oh. Some part. Some part. <laughs> I got you. Well, listen, I just right. I, I wanted to ask you exactly, you know, I was, I was of course, doing the commentating on, on Raw Monday night. Me and Vic were sitting there, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're listening to we're listening to Paul Heyman and I got to agree with you. I mean, he was running on and on and on and he was talking away about Brock Lesnar. And then all of a sudden your music hits and, and out you come. What, what exactly, what exactly was on your mind at that point? Oh, uh, he called me out. Who called you out? He kept, he said, oh, he kept calling truth. Truth. Oh, <laughs> y'all didn't hear that. Well, I did, but I didn't know that he was, I, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't get yeah, the reference. Man, these people don't get it. I'm, I'm surprised I'm the only one that thought of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's what he meant, Jerry and Sean. I see. He kept saying truth. Yeah. So there you came. Right. So, you know. So, and, and like I told him, I watched on TV, man, uh, last week. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go set it off. So I had to talk about what I'm going to do in the Royal Rumble. You know what I'm saying? And Paul think he's tricky, though. Paul is in the Royal Rumble. Can't nobody fool me, Jerry. I'm well, proof, wait, wait, dog. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, I don't know if he, he, he claims that he's not in. So, in other words, you went out there to challenge Paul Heyman in the Royal Rumble. Yes. Yes, I did, Jerry. <laughs> well, uh. And he backed down. He okie doped me, Jerry. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think he was just trying to explain that he, he himself is actually not in the Royal Rumble. That if you go in, you're going to be facing well, you'd definitely be facing Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar is going to enter the Royal Rumble first. Jerry. Yeah. Jerry. Sean. Yeah. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, what is it? <laughs> How do ducks talk? They talk, too. They don't just quack. They talk, too. <laughs> they do? You can't tell me you never heard. Okay. Okay. I, I see what y'all are doing here. I'm the only one that ever heard ducks talk. I, well, they I guess. They have a different I, language. They got a different language, though. Well, I, I mean, English. I, I've heard Donald Duck talk. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. So if it walks, talks, and quacks like a duck, it's usually a duck. Right. So I come out there, you know what I'm saying, like, John Cena, dog, like, I've been watching him, man, like, when I was a wee, wee, wee little tight man, like, growing up, I'm I'm in front of the TV every Saturday morning watching, you know what I'm saying? Well, John, hang on, hang on. I heard you say that Monday night. So when you were just a wee little kid, John Cena was out there wrestling on WWE TV? Yes, man, defending his U.S. title every Saturday morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> how old is John? Sean, do you have any idea how old John is? I think he's into his 40s now. And so you were just a wee little kid watching him on TV? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how old he is. That's none of my business, Jerry. <laughs> I see. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't probably nobody else's business and their affairs, man. You don't even ask anybody's age or care. There's no need to. He's John Cena, Jerry. I got you. You can't see me. You know what I'm saying? You probably can't see his age either. Right. <laughs> You're probably right. Well, listen, uh, so then you were sitting and watching John Cena on TV every Saturday, and so what happened? 
Sean will go out there and defend his U.S. title, man, every Saturday morning. Bro, and he, he always preached and teach, man, never give up. So, you know what I'm saying? It hit me at that moment, dog. It hit me at that moment. And I'm like, you know what? This Royal Rumble, um, TLC, um, elimination thing, I'm going, I'm going to get in this thing. I need to go physically. I need to go there and, you know what I'm saying? Reiterate myself into this thing. You know what I'm saying? I need right. to declare truth is in the Royal Rumble. And so that's what and was the on only your thing mind. I got to do is throw Paul over the top rope, dog. <laughs> Well, first of That's all, all I, I have to do to win the Royal Rumble, throw Paul over the top rope. Now, Jerry, bro, what? I've been watching you. I, we've had our little our fits and stats, Jerry, over the years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, think about this. You tell me I can't throw Paul over the top rope. Well, I was just about to say, if you've looked at Paul lately, uh, I, I think he's big. He's very big. He be, might be he might be harder to throw over the top rope than uh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, he he's big now. I mean, like, um, I mean, he on both sides of the family. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> see, here's the thing with Paul. Here's the here's the thing with Paul. Most Paul. people Paul. most people eat until they're full. Paul eats until Paul. he's tired. Yes, yes. Now you see me. <laughs> now you see me. It's like his clothes got stretch marks. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you think it would be easy to throw Paul out? Oh, I can throw him over. I know I can throw him over the top rope, man. I know I can. Do you remember exactly what happened after you said that you were out? The referees were walking me out, man. I think I ordered me a chicken salad. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, referees were walking me out. I know. I think Mojo got my title, man. Yeah, he definitely did. Okay. Well, see, that, that's what happened with that. So now I got a whole. I got. I got another problem in my hands now. You know what I'm saying? How do you strategize in a situation like this? Because we've seen you hunting down people at, at golf courses or doctor's offices. How, how do you strategize to get this back from Mojo? Little Jimmy. <laughs> little Jimmy? Yeah. What's little Jimmy got to do with it? He helped me with the plans, man. I don't do these oh. plans by myself, Jerry. No. I never do all these plans. Everybody putting it on me and thinking it's me. Little Jimmy, man. So little Jimmy He's is still the one around. that brought me. He brought me the affidavit that told me that I could enter the rumble, and if I enter the rumble, all I got to do is throw Paul over the top rope. All right. So I had to go like let it be known, man. That was my time to give my press conference, and Paul was like, "True, true, true." He had the floor, so he, you know, what I'm saying he welcomed me out there. It was he weird. Was. Kind of felt, kind of felt weird. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it kind of it was kind of weird to watch, but it was funny. I mean, because you, I mean, when you came out, you told Paul, you talked about how long and how much Paul had been talking. That was great. I zoned out, Jerry. <laughs> I zoned out, man. He kept going on and on and on and on. Man, Paul talks a lot, capital lot. Yes, he does, capital lot. All right, we just so so now the next thing on your list, you're not worried about the Royal Rumble. You're worried about getting your what all of the what all is it again? 24 7. 24 7, 48-7, 7-11, I-95 South European TV Championship. Yes, that one. Yeah, that's my baby, Jerry. And I, and I, are you, are, I think they said you surpassed some kind of a record as the amount of times that you've anyone has held that title. In the history of WWE, Jerry. Wow. In the history. You got to be above Flair's title record. Jerry, you might be coming after your Southern title record. Oh, man. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I think I already got you, Jerry. <laughs> well, I've 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 held a 172 titles in my career. 
Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a horse of a different color, Jerry. <laughs> what color is that horse? I have no clue. Like, <laughs> like what? Well, after this, Jerry, what color is water? What color is water? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it has a color. I thought it was kind of clear. Exactly. That's why they have that horse of a different color. You can't even see what color he is. But oh, you know he's a horse, a horse, of course, of course. Oh, Mr. Ed. Exactly. He can't do him. <laughs> so you've been talking to Mr. Ed and little Jimmy. And Donald. <laughs> All right. Well, Truth, if you if you uh, want to come back on, we would love to have you come back on. We appreciate you coming on today. And it, when you when you get that strategy set on, do you like do surveillance? Do you try to watch where where Raleigh is? Uh, I mean, uh, Mojo, where he's showing up that you might get him in a parking lot or in a grocery store or something. I got surveillance on everybody, Jerry. I got surveillance <laughs> on Paul too. On okay. Paul too, man. I'm still thinking about the Royal Rumble, but as of now, I'm declared out of it. Yeah. By uh, law of declared civility. So maybe Mojo is first on my list and Paul is second. Is there a third and fourth? Uh, I have to see uh, the pay-per-views we have coming up. <laughs> All right. Well, our truth we want to wish you all the luck in the world on getting that 247487 uh I can't remember all that stuff 711i95 South European TV champion and I don't, it's not luck Jerry it's destiny Oh okay very good much obliged <laughs> much obliged to you uh truth thank you so much and uh have a nice day there in Atlanta and if you run into Mojo get that title back Yes sir hey Jerry Sean yes what's up what's up, what's up? all right y'all Thank you so much, man. Thank you, sir. No problem. Thank you. You're listening to The Jerry Lawler Show. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to The Jerry Lawler Show. So thanks so much to R-Truth for uh, joining us here today. Talks like a duck and talks like a duck. It's pretty much a duck, right? I guess so. I, I remember it was a couple of years ago when he entered the Royal Rumble and he grabbed a ladder from under the ring and climbed it and then wasn't sure what to do when he got to the top, which was a, a classic Royal Rumble moment. He said something on the on the interview just then about uh, this Royal Rumble TLC. The Elimination Chamber, yeah. <laughs> so um, as we've mentioned, we wanted to do uh, a couple of question and answers every week from the fans. So feel free to tweet us those questions at Lawler Show, and we'll get those incorporated into the show. Have we mentioned how much I love tweets? Yes, you have. And I have to love tweets because, once again, my Facebook page has been disabled. Uh, It's just insane. I've gone through about five different reincarnations. Welcome back to the Jerry Lawler Show here on Podcast One. My name is Sean Reedy. Thank you so much for the download. Feel free, as always, to leave a review or uh, follow us on Twitter at Lawler Show. Follow my co-host at Jerry Lawler. 
also on Facebook and Instagram at the same handle. Kind of a sad day, Jerry, obviously, as yesterday we had the passing of a guy you drew a lot of money with in Memphis and is just a major figure in the history of wrestling, uh, Rocky Johnson. Oh, yeah, that was uh, actually a, a total shock. Uh, I still haven't learned any of the details on what, hap- what happened. Um, if He may have been ill for a while, a sickness or something, but uh, I didn't know anything about it. I don't think the wrestling world did as well. All of a sudden, we just got news over the social media that uh, Rocky had passed away. 75 years old, and gosh... It's just uh, just a shock. I mean, you know, I can imagine um, how that came to his son, The Rock, and, and just as uh, something that just totally out of the blue. I, I Like you said, Rocky drew a lot of money for us here in Memphis, Tennessee. We, he and I go all the way back to 1976, or we had just experienced in the wrestling world the big fight between Muhammad Ali and Antonio Inoki. And that was uh, kind of on the minds of everybody. We even showed that we even showed that fight uh, on closed circuit at the Mid South Coliseum, which was a huge thing for us back in that day. So we wanted to try to, as our promotion company here in Memphis wanted to try to capitalize on that. And Jerry Jarrett found uh, Rocky Johnson. I, I, I had nothing to do with that. Jerry Jerry found him some kind of way, and and uh, all of a sudden. We brought Rocky in, and I guess Rocky did have um, boxing background. I mean, you know, I'm sure that's why, why how it came about that Jerry thought he'd be great for this for this uh, angle, and he was. It was unbelievable. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, Rocky Johnson shows up, and he, he was very reminiscent of Muhammad Ali at the time. You know, young, good-looking guy, and he had he had actually been a sparring partner in the past for George Foreman. So he had these pictures of he uh, of of Rocky working out with George Foreman, and so you know we 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 brought him on TV as as a professional boxer. Uh, and we didn't plug it at all that he had ever been in wrestling at all. We just brought him in as as a boxer, and man, it just it just took off. All of a sudden, here's this guy so reminiscent of Muhammad Ali, this professional boxer, and he's going to come in and and box. The, the king of Memphis, the, uh, you know, the king of wrestling in, in our territory. And, uh, the thing just, the thing just went crazy. And we had a, we had sold out. Uh, I think, uh, I just saw the press clipping somewhere online. 11,688 people, I believe, jammed into the Mid-South Coliseum to see the boxer versus wrestler, Rocky Johnson versus Jerry Lawler. And, uh, man, it, we went, we went from there. Of course, when, when, whenever we drew a sellout back in the day, you know, we're going to try to get some return matches out of it. And, and so Rocky came in and, and stayed for quite a while here with us. And he went to, that's how we, we transitioned him from the, uh, from just being a boxer to a wrestler for all our fans here. And, and, uh, man, Rocky was here for a, a, quite a while during the, you know, the mid to late seventies. Then he came back in again for us. Uh, and, and gosh, I don't know. Probably I, Rocky was, Responsible for drawing some of the biggest crowds, the biggest houses ever in the history of this territory, and he was uh, he was great. And I, one other thing I'll never forget: uh, I think one time we were we were doing a Christmas show, and it was the one where I, I me and Lance Russell changed personas, and I put on Lance's suit and tie, and he put on my wrestling gear and my helmet, and we did an interview of each other. Well, during that same show, we had sent our cameras out to some of the different wrestling stars homes 
and had them do like Jackie Fargo and, and different wrestlers, Tojo Yamamoto, and had them do uh, some Christmas messages. And one of my favorites was we sent the cameras out to Rocky's house and there for the first time ever, I think it was his first ever appearance on a wrestling show of any kind. There was little Dewey. There was little rock. Uh, uh, of course, Dwayne at the time and, and, and Rocky and his family always called him Dewey. But I mean, I, I, I bet he was maybe three or four years old at the time. And that was his first time ever on TV. And they, they were doing the, the interview in front of the, their family Christmas tree and little Dewey, oh, he was already wanting to open the presents. <laughs> and then, and, uh, the rock was saying, uh, Rocky was saying, no, 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 it's not, not time to open presents yet. <laughs> you kind of be, and he was sort of little, Rocky was doing a little whining over there, but uh, it was great. But, yeah, Rocky Johnson was, uh, you know, he stayed here, like I said, for a long time, became a really good friend. He was a great guy to work with, great guy to be around. And, and uh, gosh, it's just, you know, so sad just to all of a sudden. Uh, and, 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 of course, Rocky lived down in Florida, and we would talk on the phone sometimes, and we would see each other at, at different uh, appearances. And uh, as a matter of fact, Coco Beware, just uh, Coco texted me yesterday and said that just, just this past weekend, Rocky was supposed to be with Coco and some other wrestlers up in New York to make an appearance. And they said that, uh, uh, that Rocky didn't show up and they tried to call him. Uh, and, and he didn't answer. And then they tried to call his wife, Sherry or Sheila rather. And she didn't answer. And so, uh, you know, that was Coco said they were all wondering and kind of worried about him. And that was nobody heard about anything from him until till we heard that he passed away yesterday. So, yeah, very, very, very sad. It really is. It is. You know, whenever I've talked with either you or Jerry Jarrett, Otter off the air about him and that run, you both have been just so complimentary of him and what a great guy he was and so easy to work with. You know, not a lot of footage exists of 70s pro wrestling. What was it about him that made him such a star? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, just uh, everything. I mean, he had that it factor. He had the charisma. He made great interviews. That was the main thing. He could talk with the best of them. And he was such a good-looking guy. Uh, you know, he was when we brought him in, like I said, it was it was sort of following in the path of Muhammad Ali, who, of course, had been out there claiming that he was the greatest and he was a nice looking guy and all this sort of stuff, how, how beautiful he was. Well, Rocky just followed right in, uh, you know, right in behind that. And, and he fit the mold perfectly. You know, tremendous physique, uh, very athletic. I mean, he the guy could do everything. He could box. He could wrestle. uh and he was a total package. Everybody just everybody fell in love with with uh, Rocky Johnson here in the Mid South area immediately. And obviously, his son learned quite a bit listening to those promos growing up. Well, you know what? It was it was funny. I uh, I saw. I guess some people have been posting different things on social media, and I saw the uh, little clip of Rocky talking about, uh, or, or the Rock talking about his dad, Rocky, at when he inducted him into the WWE Hall of Fame. And he even mentioned he even mentioned my name during that uh, during that induction ceremony because the Rock said I used to watch my dad and my dad could throw the most perfect drop kick 
and he did. Rocky Johnson. I don't know. It was just it was just something about. Uh, uh, I mean, it just didn't come out of, out of nowhere. Rocky. He set up the drop kick. He he would like he would like do a little pose with that great physique, and then his 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 body would sort of turn, his arms would turn, and then boom, up in the air he'd fly. He could hit you right in the top of your head with those drop kicks, and then man, the and some kind of way when he came down, he just landed so gracefully. It was like a it was like a watching a, a cat do a drop kick. It was it was so graceful and everything. And so Rocky was uh, the Rock was talking about Rocky's drop kicks during his induction ceremony, and he said that was the one thing that when he got into wrestling, he told himself, "Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop kick just like my dad." And he said then it was 1996, and I was down in the Tennessee territory, and I was wrestling Jerry Lawler, and he said Jerry Lawler calls a drop kick, and man, here I go, just like my dad. I threw the most perfect drop kick, and I hit Jerry Lawler. Right in the knees. <laughs> and he said, after that, I never threw another drop kick. And he didn't. <laughs> so, uh, but, but man, Rocky Johnson could really throw a great drop kick. And all the stuff that he did, I, I, it was just awesome. Yeah, I'm doing some, some research here on ProWrestlingHistory.com. It looks like it was June 21st, 1976, when you guys had your first match. Drew 11,188, which is just about a sellout. That's just about a sellout at the Mid-South Coliseum. Amazing numbers that you guys were doing back in the day. And then uh, had a few returns that drew over 10,000. So, I mean, it was a, a great run that you had. A really creative idea. I don't think any other territory at that time did anything similar to kind of previewing what was to come with uh, UFC and characters like Taz later doing the kind of mixed martial arts boxing versus wrestling idea. You know, that that actually led up to, after we did that, I think really that maybe gave the idea that we were in 1977. Uh, I was talking with Elvis Presley's father, Vernon, about, uh, and, 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 and because it did so well with, you know, the boxer versus wrestler, we talked with Vernon Presley about having a mixed martial arts match with me and Elvis Presley. Uh, at the Mid-South Coliseum and Vern, his dad Vernon said Elvis loved the idea and that uh, yeah, that's that's when he told me he said Elvis is not in all that great shape right now I'll be honest with you Jerry but he's fixing to start working out he's got this concert tour coming up and as soon as that tour is over uh, he'll be ready to go and we'll, we'll work this thing out we'll have the match at the Mid-South Coliseum and then of course Elvis passed away before the before the tour but uh, yeah, that was that was the thing that we that worked so well for us with Rocky in the boxing versus uh, wrestling that we were trying to think of you know any any other kind of uh, matches that we could have the crossover with at that time. And then uh, I guess my last question would just be about you know Rocky the person. Like I said, you guys have always been so complimentary of him from that run, and uh, you know just really seem to have a lot of fondness for him. What was he like as a you know just a behind the scenes real person? <laughs> well, I mean, this is just me talking. I, I don't know how how much uh, other people or how close other people got to Rocky. You know, I felt like, especially since we worked so much together, I felt like we were close and and always felt that we were good friends. Never had a never ever had a crossword with uh, Rocky. And but but Rocky was so cool in the fact that he was at least around me. He was like always on. I mean, he had such a sense of humor. He was he it was very hard uh, to ever take Rocky serious because he was always clowning around. He was always joking. Uh, he had, a, like I said, a great sense of humor. And, and I love being around him because I, I always prided myself on on uh, 
that that same sort of thing. So whenever whenever Rocky and I were hanging out together or uh, around each other at all at the shows, nothing nothing was serious. Everything was fun. Everything was a laugh. It was um, it, it was uh, just he was that he was that kind of person. He was just fun to be around. Condolences to you know the family, friends, and everybody uh, affected. Absolutely right. Rest yes. in peace to Rocky Johnson, one of the all-time greats. We'll be back in a moment on the Jerry Lawler Show. An autopsy not only reveals how a person died, but how they lived. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter. If you like what you're hearing, check out more dark mysteries on your TV on Reels channel. There are shocking real life and death stories in world's most evil killers, like the quiet neighbor nicknamed the Scorpion after he bludgeoned nine women to death with a hammer, and Rodney Alcala, the serial murderer best known as the dating game killer. Then check out the latest episodes of Autopsy that reveal what really killed screen and music legends like Walt Disney, Tom Petty, David Cassidy, and Batman's Adam West. You can find Reels on your TV at Reels.com. That's R-E-E-L-Z.com. Then check the top of the screen to find Reels in your area. All hail the king. It's the Jerry Lawler Show. All right, Jerry, I know you're a little hesitant to bring on our next guest, but this is a pretty historic match coming up on Saturday, January 18th from Championship Wrestling of Arkansas. It's called No Surrender, where you are putting your career on the line against Matt Riviera's Arkansas Heavyweight Championship. What can you tell me about this event coming up? Well, first of all, I want to, you're going to call him now. You're going to, you're going to have him. You're going to have Matt Riviera on on our podcast. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, you're right. I'm not too crazy about that idea because I've, I don't know if uh, you've ever heard Matt Riviera talk, but there's no, uh, there's needs to be a handle that you can jiggle because it just keeps running and running on and on. You know what? It, it is a good idea to have him on because I want to know exactly how there's, there's some confusion in my mind about how this match came about. I've heard him say that I, I cleared all of these stipulations and, and, and everything. And I, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember all that, but I'm not backing down. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not going to happen, but I, I do want to get him on the line and find out how this match came about. So yeah. Can you, can you go ahead and call him there and get him on? We'll make a quick call here again. It's coming up on January 18th and I think we have him on the line. Matt, are you there? Hello? Who is this? Well, <laughs> first of all, it's Jerry Lawler. That's who it is. And my co-host, Sean Reedy, and we're calling you. Uh, you're on my podcast right now. So don't... Uh, well, Jerry, what? you know, I'm not surprised to hear from you. Uh, my phone's been ringing off the wall all week with from your friends calling concerned. I've heard from Dave Brown. I've heard uh, from Jerry hey, Calhoun. Hey, hey, let, me, let, me, let me stop you right there. You still have a phone hanging on your wall? No, of course not, Jerry. Well, you just said my phone's been hanging, ringing off the wall. Well, it's it's a figure of speech, Jerry. You like to, you know, that's one of the few things we have in common. We both like to use figures of speech, and you and I both know that's a figure of speech. But I know why you're calling, and I know why you want me on the podcast. And I just like to start off by saying it's an honor to be the first wrestler who actually retired Jerry Lawler. And, King, I will accept your forfeit going into this match. And after January the 18th, I will continue to defend the CWA Arkansas Heavyweight Championship uh, with pride. 
So in your mind, it's a foregone conclusion. Well, I guess, I'm, I'm sure it is. You, you think that's going to be my last match there in, in, uh, I, I understand it's like North Little Rock, but it's actually called what? Maumel? Well, yes, King, it's called Maumel, but back to what I was saying, are you not calling me to forfeit the match? <laughs> of course not. I'm not calling you to forfeit the match. What are you crazy? Well, I'm confused because Dave Brown called me earlier this week, and he he told me what was going to happen. Jerry Calhoun, he was really concerned about it, and they both indicated to me that you were going to forfeit the match and that you guys were going to still show up and meet the fans, but then you guys were going to get up and make an early tea time back in Memphis and play some golf. Oh, my gosh, really? So, first of all, there's there's several things there that I don't believe. I don't believe that... (laughs) I don't believe that Dave Brown or Jerry Calhoun would have ever called you for any reason whatsoever. Second of all, I don't know what time. I think the show is probably in the evening, 7 o'clock or something. I understand you have a meet and greet. but uh, So, in other words, you think you're telling the people that they called you and said that we want to be there at 5 o'clock, forfeit the match, and make it all the way back to Memphis for an early tea time? Well, Dave told you're, me you're, that you I guys... That's a figure of speech, apparently, again, but your figures of speech aren't making much sense here today. Well, Dave Brown cares about you, Jerry, like a lot of people do, and he was concerned. He didn't want to see you get in the ring with me this Saturday, and he knows that, you know, you can make an appearance and you guys can still make a lot of money and you guys can go to the golf course and have a good time. And, you know, he just indicated to me that you were going to call him forfeit. And he told me he was going to do his best journalistic best journalistic duty to talk you into that. And so he forecasted a forfeit. So that's what I assumed you were calling about. Okay. Another reason I know that's a lie is because I've never played golf ever, not one time in my life with Dave Brown. Jerry Calhoun, yes. Dave Brown, no. I don't think Dave Brown plays golf. Well, Jerry Calhoun told me you can't play golf anyway. Oh, really? Uh, so what did Jerry Calhoun tell you? I, I know you're right. Both Dave Brown and Jerry Calhoun are going to be at this show. You're right. That's And that is that is unusual. I don't know how you guys uh, got these stars like this to come all the way from Memphis, Tennessee, over to Little Rock, Arkansas for this show. I, uh, how you pulled that off, I don't know. This is a big thing, Dave Brown announcing. Yeah. And what's he announcing for? Who's, what are you filming this with you, one of your little uh, – VCR cameras? Well, you know, I was looking forward to Dave Brown commenting on your last match in the wrestling business. But so, so Jerry, what you're telling me is you're telling me you're going to ignore your friend's advice and you are actually going to get in the ring and wrestle me Saturday. Of course I'm going to get in the ring and wrestle you Saturday. How else, how else could I leave Little Rock, Arkansas, the uh, Arkansas State champion, if I didn't get in the ring and wrestle you? You won this battle royal. You became the Arkansas heavyweight champion in Hot Springs. How long have you held this title now? King, I won that championship on October the 12th, and I'm never going to lose that championship. I will end my career at the time that I see fit with it. Mm -hmm. This is my little question that I don't know exactly. I can't remember exactly how this match came about, Matt, how this stipulation came about. Because usually if if I have a stipulation in, in a match, I know something about it. I'll agree to it. And I... I guess, I don't know, you say that I agreed to this stipulation, that I would put my career, that I would say that that if I don't win this match and beat you and win the Arkansas State Championship, that's that'll be the last match that I supposedly wrestle? Well, I, King, I, you're I, saying I agreed to that? I signed that contract? Yes, you did, King, and I can have our attorney send that back over to you. You know, it's, it's a sad state of affairs to see your, your memory loss accelerating like this, King. I mean, you don't even remember signing the contract. 
we've had this contract signed for a long time. And as a matter of fact, King, I, from what I understand, you're bringing several items with you to auction off. You're going to bring a crown to auction off. So this obviously signifies it's the end. You've, you've accepted in your own mind. You've already been defeated in your own mind, and you're all, you've already made up your mind. You're ready. I mean, heck, you've got a great deal, King, on Monday Night Raw every Monday night. You can sit there. You can make a ton of money just talking, and you don't have to get in the ring and trade punches with me. I get it. I respect that. I understand that. But, King, for you to say that you, you don't remember hurts my heart. It does? It does. It makes me sad. Oh, okay. Well, dry those tears. I don't want to, I don't want you to be crying. Well, you, you may be crying Saturday night. Does it even cross your mind that you might not be successful in that match? You know, like I said, I've already won 172 championship matches. Nobody in the history of professional wrestling. Look it up. Look at Wikipedia right now. Google it. Who's won the most championship matches in the history of wrestling? And my name will come up. So it doesn't concern you at all that you, your name might be added to that list? Well, Jerry, first of all, that means that you've lost more championships than anyone in the history of wrestling. Well, that's and no, true. I'm I, not concerned I, I don't about try to tell anybody that, but that's true. But I would have to win your championship uh, first in order to lose it. That's correct, and that's not going to happen. How do you know? It's obvious. I really don't really don't appreciate being just uh, taken for granted, just written off like that. Well, maybe, maybe well, now, now that I think about it, maybe that is good. Maybe you do think that I am so past my prime, that I am so, uh, you know, needing to be put out to pasture, that you're just going to go in there and think that this is a foregone conclusion and that there's going to be no problem beating this uh, washed-up king and retiring him. And I hope that's the mindset that you have because it's nothing I like better. I Nothing that I like better than to see a loser when he cries. That's an old song. I think uh, that some I love losers when they cry. Uh, I, I just I love to see somebody that is just so confident and so just know for a fact that they're going to win something and then get it snatched away from them. And so uh, that's what I'm looking forward to about Saturday night. Well, King, everyone knows that this Saturday. I'm going to beat you. No, the only I, person no, that has not accepted no, that is you. All right, all right, let's say, you say everyone knows. Sean, you're someone, are you? I am. Do you know that Matt Riviera is going to beat me Saturday night? Yes. He said yes. Did you hear me? Yes. <laughs> See, that's you saying that. That's you saying that. I have a hard time it. thinking it's going to be the end of your career. That's just tough for me to accept. Yeah, me too. So I, I'm someone, and I don't think that you're going to beat me. So everyone does not think that you're going to beat me. Well, you know, King, I'm going to go back a little bit. You remember Ric Flair's farewell match in the WWE when Shawn Michaels hit the super kick on him? I'm yes. sure you remember that moment, right? Yes. Well, you know, I, I, never I, I've, I've never thrown well, I've never thrown a super kick in my life, but King, it's going to be a repeat of that because when you're in the middle of the ring and you're staggering, you're about to fall down, King, with a tear in my eye. I'm going to look directly at you, and I'm going to say, I love you. And then I'm going to super kick your head off and pin you, just like Shawn Michaels did Ric Flair. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think you're delusional. I think you're, uh, I think you're, you, you've been hit in the head too many times. Well, but even I, I, the animal. I, I can understand that you're, you, you look around your house, or maybe you're double wide over there in Arkansas, and you, <laughs> yeah, right, you, see, you see that phone hanging on the wall that you got your landline. 
hanging on the wall, and I can see that you're just sitting there envisioning something like that in your dreams. That how great would that be? How great would that be if I could emulate Shawn Michaels? Uh, if I could do the same thing that so many millions of people saw the end of Ric Flair's career when Shawn Michaels looked at him and said, I love you, and then gave him the super kick. You're just, you're, you, unfortunately, Matt, you're dreaming. That's all a pipe dream. You can sit around all day long, like I said, in your trailer there in Arkansas, and you can dream these fantasies, and, and that's all well and good. But those things don't always come true. And I can assure you that this one fantasy that you have about you looking me in the eye and telling me that you love me, that ain't going to happen. That is not going to happen, okay? Do you understand that? So get, get a, well, yourself another dream. Dream something else. Dream something that I might slip on a banana peel and you somehow fall on top of me and the referee does a quick three count and while I got my foot on the rope or something like that, that something like that would be a more realistic dream than what you're what you're dreaming up. Well, King, the truth hurts and it's it's sad to see you like this. But even the animals in Arkansas know you're gonna lose. My dogs have been sad <laughs> all week. I go up I go up to my man cave and I've been watching Jerry Lawler matches and you against Bill Dundee and and different guys from Memphis, and they've been sad. And, King, you know, just the other day, I was driving down the interstate in one of the many billboards. King, there's billboards all over the state of Arkansas with you and I on it. And I looked up, and I saw this commotion up in the sky, and I wasn't sure what it was. And, King, it was vultures pecking on the billboard on the side you're on. Even they know. Really? Every man, woman, child, and animal knows what's coming Saturday night. The only oh, one that glad. doesn't seem to know is you. Well, you, if you remember, Jerry, I, I pinned you down in Benton. I defeated you in Benton, Louisiana, down there on a show. No, I don't remember that at all. As a matter of fact, it was the other way around. You must have hit your head something fierce. Yeah, I beat you down there, too. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, you know what? This is actually after this phone call, after this podcast today, I'm I'm really looking forward to this now. Before, I was sort of dreading it. A lot of times I'll, you know, I'll book a match and I'll have it in my book and I'll kind of forget about it. And then all of a sudden the time comes up and I'll, I realize, oh, my gosh, I got to somehow fly or drive to Little Rock, Arkansas. Why did I ever book this match? I, that happens to me a lot. But now, you know, this Saturday night, now I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to pull in over there with a smile on my face and uh, somebody is going to get to leave there with my crown. The crown that I use at the ring, the crown that I'm bringing, uh, because I understood, you told me now, that this uh, the proceeds for this auction are going to go to a worthy cause, right? King, you just want to get rid of the crown. And from what I understand, Jerry Calhoun's going to have a U-Haul truck, and he's going to pull it behind you and Dave Brown in your Cadillac. Uh, how much stuff are you bringing? I mean, I know this is you're, you're trying to get rid of everything, and... And I know why you're so happy, you know. I mean, it's just, it's just like the employee go, showing up for his last day of work. <laughs> I mean, you're happy as a lark. I'm so proud for you, Jerry, and I'm so proud that I'm going to be the guy that gets to, gets to do that. And, and, you know, maybe we can we can put things aside, and I may even get a condo by you down there in Florida. Well, I do know one thing. I am going to look forward to uh, looking at this contract again because I do want to see if I'm sure that you had inserted in this contract that there will be a, a, a return match because I know that you don't want to think for a second that I'm going to take that, which I will take that Arkansas state championship back to Tennessee. I could rebrand, I could rebrand it. Talk about rebranding the restaurant. I may rebrand that title. I may make it the 
Tennessee slash Arkansas heavyweight championship. That way I don't have to come back to Arkansas to defend it. Oh, yes, more big talk. Talk, 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 talk. That's well, all you do so is talk, Gary. We don't have to worry about it because well, we're through talking. I appreciate you being on here, Matt. Thanks for answering the phone <laughs> that was ringing off the wall. <laughs> Jerry, I'll see you Saturday night. And my friend, <laughs> it's nice knowing you. Okay. See you Saturday. Wow. Can you cut him off now? Is he gone? I think he's gone. So I apologize if that was uh, unpleasant. That was my idea there. Well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't really unpleasant, and I appreciate you uh, uh, getting him on the line. It was just uh, this guy is so full of himself. I'm going to have to, I don't know, knock him down off his pedestal Saturday night. Remember this. Remember that number because I want to definitely try to get him back on. Maybe we could call him back next week on on the podcast next week and see what he has to say about the outcome of the match. Okay? Could be a very different phone call next week, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that happened on Monday Night Raw. You know, I, I love I love stuff that uh, and a lot of people may not like this, but I love stuff when it happens on Raw that's funny. I like humor in the show. Uh, I think that's part of the I've always been uh, entertained by things that are humorous. And and a couple of things happened Monday night that I thought was really humorous. One of the things I just had to, I had to uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but like I, I need one on on this uh, microphone that I'm doing a podcast on. We have we have a cough button or a sneeze button on our microphones there on our headsets when we're doing Monday Night Raw. So if, heaven forbid, you have to cough or you have to sneeze, uh, you hit that button and it just, you know, it mutes your mic. You, nobody can hear what's going on there. And a couple of times I had to actually hit the mute button on my mic Monday night because I was laughing so hard at stuff. And I don't want everybody. Sometimes I just can't help it. I the, I can't hit the mute button quick enough, and I just laugh out loud at some things. And Monday night was was um, was a couple of those things. First of all, Rusev and and uh, Liv they did an interview after their run in with Lashley and Lana. Uh, I don't know if you happened to hear. It. Did you hear? Did you hear that interview? I did. Well, I just <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to play this this one little clip from uh, from what Rusev said when he was talking to Bobby Lashley and see if this would have this this I don't know. And that may be my mind being in the gutter or something that I just I couldn't help it. I just busted out laughing and I don't know if I hit the mute button in time. But <laughs> listen to this. Sorry. Wait a minute. Let me see if I can find it here. OK, listen. I don't care. You come in my face. I'm going to fight you. <laughs> One more time. I don't care. You come in my face. I'm going to fight you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but that just struck me as kind of funny. That's difficult logic to, to argue with. It's a fair, fair position. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right about that. Uh, but anyway, that was uh, that was Rusev. Now, the other thing that I just thought was so funny was R-Truth and his entire segment with Brock Lesnar and with Paul Heyman. And I think... I think we're going to try to get our truth on the line, right? Yes, absolutely. Let's do that right now. Okay, let's let's see if we can get him. We'll, we'll let him explain uh, what all went on during that segment. Okay, we now have our guest on the line this week on the Jerry Lawler Show. It is former twenty four seven champion looking to get the title back. Our truth. Truth, are you there? Yes, I am. What part of the world are you in right now as we speak to you? I am in Atlanta, Georgia. 
Oh, awesome. And uh, he said uh, 24, it's a 24-7, 48 7 7 I-95 South European TV champion. Oh, European, European has been added, huh? Well, it was added from the beginning when I won it in Europe. You know what I'm saying? I'm, Euro- I'm part European. Oh. Some part. Some part. <laughs> I got you. Well, listen, I just, right. I, I wanted to ask you exactly, you know, I was, I was, of course, doing the commentating on, on Raw Monday night. Me and Vic were sitting there and then all of a sudden, you know, we're listening to, we're listening to Paul Heyman and I got to agree with you. I mean, he was running on and on and on and he was talking away about Brock Lesnar. And then all of a sudden your music hits and, and out you come. What, what exactly, what exactly was on your mind at that point? Oh, uh, he called me out. Who called you out? He said, Paul, he kept calling truth, truth. Oh, <laughs> y'all didn't hear that? Well, I did, but I didn't know that he was. I I, I didn't uh, I didn't get yeah, the reference. man, these people don't get it. I'm <laughs> I'm surprised I'm the only one that thought of that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's what he meant, Jerry and Sean. I see. <laughs> he kept saying yeah. truth. So there you came. Right. So you know, so, and, and like I told him, I watched on TV, man, uh, last week, and I'm like, you know what? I'm finna go set it off. So I had to talk about what I'm gonna do in the Royal Rumble. You know what I'm saying? And Paul think he tricky though. Paul is in the Royal Rumble. Can't nobody fool me, Jerry. I'm wait, proof, wait, dog. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, I don't know if he, he, he claims that he's not in. So, in other words, you went out there to challenge Paul Heyman in the Royal Rumble. Yes. Yes, I did, Jerry. <laughs> well. Uh, and he backed down. He okey-doked me, Jerry. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think he was just trying to explain that he, he himself is actually not in the Royal Rumble. That if you go in, you're going to be facing, well, you'll definitely be facing Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar is going to enter the Royal Rumble first. Jerry. Yeah. Jerry, Sean. Yeah. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, what is it? <laughs> How do ducks talk? They talk, too. They don't just quack. They talk, too. <laughs> they do? You can't tell me you never heard. Okay. Okay. I, I see what y'all are doing here. I'm the only one that ever heard ducks talk. I, well, they I have guess, a different I, language. They got a different language, though. Well, I, 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 I've heard Donald Duck talk. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. So if it walks, talks, and quacks like a duck, it's usually a duck. Right. So I come out there, you know what I'm saying, like, John Cena, dog, like, I've been watching him, man, like, when I was a wee, wee, wee little tight man, like, growing up, I'm, I'm in front of the TV every Saturday morning watching, you know what I'm saying? Hang on, hang on. I heard you say that Monday night. So when you were just a wee little kid, John Cena was out there wrestling on WWE TV? Yes, man, defending his U.S. title every Saturday morning. Oh, okay. (laughs) How old is John? John, do you have any idea how old John is? I think he's into his 40s now. And so you were just a wee little kid watching him on TV? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how old he is. That's none of my business, Jerry. I see. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't probably nobody else's business and their affairs, man. You don't even ask anybody's age or care. There's no need to. He's John Cena, Jerry. I got you. You can't see me. You know what I'm saying? You probably can't see his age either. Right. <laughs> You're probably right. Well, listen, uh, though, so then you were sitting and watching John Cena on TV every Saturday, and so what happened? John would go out there and defend his U.S. title, man, every Saturday morning. Bro, and he, he always preached and teach, man, never give up. So, you know what I'm saying? It hit me at that moment, dog. It hit me at that moment. And I'm like, you know what? This Royal Rumble, um, 
TLC um, elimination thing, I'm going I'm going to get in this thing. I need to go physically. I need to go there and you know what I'm saying, reiterate myself into this thing. You know what I'm saying? I need right. to declare truth is in the Royal Rumble. And so that's what and was the on only your thing mind. I got to do is throw Paul over the top rope, dog. <laughs> Well, first of all, all I have to do to win the Royal Rumble, throw Paul over the top rope. Now, Jerry, bro, I've been watching you. We've had our little, our fits and stats, Jerry, over the years. You know what I'm saying? Now, think about this. You tell me I can't throw Paul over the top rope. Well, I was just about to say, if you've looked at Paul lately, uh, I I think he's big. He's very big. He might be, he might be harder to throw over the top rope than uh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, he he's big now. I mean, like um, I mean, he on both sides of the family. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> see, here's the thing. With Paul. Here's the here's the thing with Paul. Most Paul. people Paul. most people eat until they're full. Paul eats until Paul. he's tired. Yes, yes. Now you see me. <laughs> now you see me. It's like his clothes got stretch marks. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> okay, so you think it would be easy to throw Paul out? Oh, I can throw him over. I know I can throw him over the top rope, man. I know I can. Do you remember exactly what happened after you said that you were out? The referees were walking me out, man. I think I ordered me a chicken salad. Um, <laughs> and uh referees were walking me out. I know. I think Mojo got my title, man. Yeah, he definitely did. Okay. Well, see, that, that's what happened with that. So now I got a whole... I got I got another problem in my hands now. You know what I'm saying? How do you strategize in a situation like this? Because we've seen you hunting down people at at golf courses or doctors' offices. How how do you strategize to get this back from Mojo? Little Jimmy. <laughs> little Jimmy. Yeah. What's little Jimmy got to do with it? He helped me with the plans, man. I don't do these oh. plans by myself, Jerry. No, I never do all these plans. Everybody putting it on me and thinking it's me. Little Jimmy, man. So little Jimmy He's is still the one around. that brought me. He brought me the affidavit that told me that I could enter the rumble, and if I enter the rumble, all I got to do is throw Paul over the top rope. All right. So I had to go like let it be known, man. That was my time to get my press conference, and Paul was like, "True, true, true." He had the floor, so he, you know, what I'm saying he welcomed me out there. It was he weird. Was. Kind of felt, kind of felt weird. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it kind of it was kind of weird to watch, but it was funny. I mean, because you, I mean, when you came out, you told Paul, you talked about how long and how much Paul had been talking. That was great. I zoned out, Jerry. <laughs> I zoned out, man. He kept going on and on and on and on. Man, Paul talks a lot, capital lot. Yes, he does, capital lot. All right, we just so so now the next thing on your list. You're not worried about the Royal Rumble. You're worried about getting your what all of the what all is it again? 24-7, 48 7 11 I-95 South European TV Championship. Yes, that one. Yeah, that's my baby, Jerry. And I, and I, you, I, I think they said you surpassed some kind of a record as the amount of times that you've anyone has held that title. In the history of WWE, Jerry. Wow. In the history. You got to be above Flair's title record. Jerry, you might be coming after your Southern title record. Oh, man. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I think I already got you, Jerry. <laughs> well, I've 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 held a 172 titles in my career. Oh damn! <laughs> oh, okay, that's a horse of a different color, Jerry. <laughs> what color is that horse? I have no clue. Like, <laughs> like, what? Well, answer this, Jerry. What color is water? What color is water? Yeah, I don't, 
I don't know. I don't know if it has a color. I thought it was kind of clear. Exactly. That's why that, that horse of a different color, you can't even see what color he is. But oh, you know he's a horse, a horse, of course, of course. Oh, Mr. Ed. Exactly. He can't do him. <laughs> so you've been talking to Mr. Ed and little Jimmy. And Donald. <laughs> All right. Well, Truth, if you if you uh, want to come back on, we would love to have you come back on. We appreciate you coming on today. And if, when you when you get that strategy set on, do you like do surveillance? Do you try to watch where where Raleigh is? Uh, I mean, uh, Mojo, where he's showing up that you might get him in a parking lot or in a grocery store or something. I got surveillance on everybody, Jerry. I got surveillance <laughs> on Paul too. On Paul okay. too, man. I'm still thinking about the Royal Rumble, but as of now, I'm declared out of it yeah. by uh, law of declarativity. So maybe Mojo is first on my list and Paul is second. Is there a third and fourth? Uh, I have to see uh, the pay-per-views we have coming up. <laughs> all right. Well, our truth we want to wish you all the luck in the world on getting that 24-7, 48-7... I can't remember all that stuff. Seven Eleven I ninety five South European TV champion, and it's not luck, Jerry. It's destiny. Oh, okay, very good. Much obliged. Much obliged to you, Truth. Thank you so much, and have a nice day there in Atlanta. And if you run into Mojo, get that title back. Yes, sir. Hey, Jerry, Sean. Yes. What's up? What's up? What's up? All right, y'all. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, sir. No problem. Thank you. You're listening to the Jerry Lawler Show. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to the Jerry Lawler Show. So thanks so much to R-Truth for uh, joining us here today. Talks like a duck and talks like a duck. It's pretty much a duck, right? I guess so. I, I remember it was a couple years ago when he entered the Royal Rumble and he grabbed a ladder from under the ring and climbed it and then wasn't sure what to do when he got to the top, which was a, a classic Royal Rumble moment. He said something on the on the interview just then about uh, this Royal Rumble TLC. The Elimination Chamber, yeah. <laughs> so um, as we've mentioned, we wanted to do uh, a couple of question and answers every week from the fans. So feel free to tweet us those questions at Lawler Show, and we'll get those incorporated into the show. So have we mentioned how much I love tweets? Yes, you have. And I have to love tweets because once again, my Facebook page has been disabled. Uh, it's just insane. I've gone through about five different reincarnations of my Facebook page, and it'll somehow stay up for uh, a couple of days. And all of a sudden, I'll go to click on it, and it'll say your Facebook has been disabled. I think at the very at the moment, let me just look. See, I think that it's up back up at the moment. I'm having the worst luck. I'm, I need to find out if anybody out there is, has ever had this problem where I, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if it's being hacked or if it's the fact that uh, I talked about this once before. It, it always says on there that you are or we don't allow anyone to impersonate a celebrity. And so I'm wondering if the fact that uh, the WWE has a a Facebook page on me 
Bruce Lee, Jerry Lawler, and it's got the little blue check mark by it. But I don't. That's that's through the WWE, and I don't really have access to. It's got tons of you know. It's got tons of friends and everything on there. But I, that's not my own personal Facebook page. My own personal Facebook page is the one that's getting disabled every couple of weeks. And it's. I, I think that maybe Facebook may think that I am impersonating me, which is crazy. We'll work on getting that fixed. Okay, that's good. But it's up right now. Oh, it is up right now. Oh, it is. Yes, it is up right now. Okay. So go to Facebook and look up Jerry Lawler, and it's a picture of my little profile picture. It's a picture on the beach of me and Lauren. So if you uh, want to shoot me a friend request on there, that would be awesome. And then, like I said, we love Twitter. I'm on Twitter like 24-7, at Jerry Lawler. And so and we have at Lawler Show. So send us some tweets. Let us Let us know what's going on. Yeah, we got one here from uh, GZE636. Do you have a favorite memory or a favorite match from the Louisville Gardens? Man, that's a good question. You know, the, the, a lot of uh, a lot of great matches in Louisville, I mean, a lot of people didn't realize at the time, back in the territory days, the way things would work was we would do our live Saturday morning television show, uh, Channel 5 or two, back, way back in the day, Channel 13, then we moved over to Channel 5, and we'd do a live 90-minute show every Saturday morning in Memphis. And out of that 90-minute show, we would, we would take 60 minutes of the show, and we would record that and send that show the following week, uh, that same show that aired like this, like aired uh, this Saturday in live in Memphis, a tape of that show would air next Saturday in our, our other cities in our market. They would we would show it uh, in Louisville. We would show it in Evansville. We would show it in Nashville. We would show it in Birmingham, uh, Lexington, Kentucky. We, every city in our territory that had had local TVs, our Saturday morning Memphis show would show a week later in those uh, those those cities. What we wound up doing, say for instance, if on our Saturday morning show that that week that we we booked a match, maybe me against Bill Dundee for the Mid South Coliseum that Monday night. Well, we would go down that Monday night and have that match. But then that tape of us talking about that match would not show until the following Saturday in Louisville. And so then then the following Tuesday in Louisville, Bill and I would go and almost have the same match that we'd same stipulations or whatever that we had in Memphis the week before. And that would happen in Louisville and Evansville and Lexington, the, all the different cities, because it was on a week delayed basis from uh, from what we did down in Memphis. So. I mean, when I pick out a match, one of my favorite matches in Louisville, it would be that's probably the same matches that I had in Memphis or Evansville or any of the other cities in our territory. But Louisville Gardens was a was a special place, man. It received a little over five thousand people, and man, we would have that place rocking every single Tuesday night. Uh, gosh, there's just so many, so many big matches that I had. I think probably one of my one of my favorite matches that I can remember there that was different from uh, that was different from um, the Memphis match was the match that became sort of uh, famous or infamous for me was the match I had with Andre the Giant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where all of a sudden the, the pictures that I think Jim Cornette took of the match 
uh, got sent to Bill After, and Bill, of course, put him in the magazine, Wrestling Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and uh, uh, he, he had called me up and he said, oh my gosh, these pictures of you and Andre are so great, but the size difference is so amazing in the, in the pictures. He said, would you mind if I wrote an article about this match and referred to you as a midget? And at the time, I said, Bill, whatever you do is fine. You're, you were so great to us down here in the Memphis Territory. Uh, you put in all the pictures that we send you, and, and you give us so much exposure and, uh, and pub from your magazines nationwide. Anything you want to do is okay with me. So he puts, he makes it even a little blurb on the cover of the magazine, The Night a Midget beat Andre the Giant. And what had happened, we had a deal where we did a count out at, at the ring, which is about all you could do. You could, there's like the only way you could ever get a victory over Andre. Nobody could beat Andre. Uh, so, but the only way I got a count out victory over him there. Uh, but when he said, when he put that title on his, uh, that headline on the front of the magazine, the night a midget beat Andre the Giant. Uh, man, that really upset Vince McMahon Sr. Uh, back in the day. It, it, I mean, nobody had beaten Andre the Giant. And for this magazine to write a story and say that I beat Andre the Giant was just unheard of. And he made a big – Vince Sr. made a big deal out of it at, uh, at the NWA uh, Alliance convention out in Las Vegas. And it was – I've told that story many times, but it was kind of an embarrassing situation for me. But that was probably one of my most memorable matches there in Louisville. But just uh, – man, Louisville was was uh, just a great place to wrestle Louisville Gardens. And, oh, gosh, I, I mean, there's so many matches. I mean, for like 20 years, every Tuesday night, we were in Louisville, Louisville Kentucky at the Louisville Gardens. So – uh, I, so let me put that down to the match with Andre the Giant as the, my most memorable one in Louisville. And another person you probably faced in Louisville, we have a question here from L.A. Roberts Jr. asking about memories of your matches with Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh, wow, yes, uh, I did. A lot of matches with Randy Macho Man Savage. But I think my favorite or my most memorable match with Randy Savage was in Lexington, Kentucky, in Rupp Arena. Uh, which is a matter of fact where we just did Monday Night Raw from, and I had a lot of memories looking around. I even mentioned uh, Randy Savage there at, at, on Monday Night Raw that I wrestled him there at Rupp Arena. Uh, our, because in, um, gosh, I don't even remember what year that was, but Randy and his dad, uh, Angelo Poffo, and his brother, Leap and Lanny Poffo, they ran a promotion of their own out of uh, – Lexington, Kentucky. That was like where they had their local TV and their, their, that was their little uh, territory headquarters. And we sort of, Jerry Jarrett and I and our company, we looked at that as opposition or outlaw wrestling or that sort of thing. So they were, they were trying to make a name for their company by challenging us and all our stars like me, Bill Dundee and that sort of thing to, to, to wrestle them. And they were, they were getting notoriety by saying, you know, uh, they're afraid to wrestle us, and and so uh, so we'll probably never have those kind of matches. And our philosophy, Jerry Jarrett and I at the time, was the best way to deal with them is just to totally ignore them. Don't give them any credibility by by acknowledging them, because that would just almost put them put them on the same level as us. So that's what we did. We kind of ignored them, and they, and Randy and them, and uh, Randy and his family they went on their tv show and challenges and all this sort of stuff anyway it, that went on for for quite a while and finally th they sort of were running out of money and they reached out to jerry jarrett and said look 
can we do can we can we co-promote some matches you know there's all this talk and no there's been been nothing happened between us so can we co-promote some matches here because they were just about to go out of business and, and, and pretty much were losing their TV show and that sort of thing. So we agreed to do co-promotion, and it finally boiled down to a match in Rupp Arena with Randy Savage against Jerry Lawler, and it was a loser-leave-town match, and that was like one promotion was going to stay, one promotion was going to go, and we we sold out Rupp Arena, which was over 18,000 people uh, in Rupp Arena at that time. Uh, with the, with that match, Randy Savage and me in Loser League Town match, Lexington, Kentucky. We had uh, uh, Lance Russell uh, came up to do the commentary uh, uh, on, as we filmed the match. We had a referee from from our territory and a referee from their company. We had Angelo Pafo, uh, Randy's dad at ringside. Uh, I think I, I can't remember who I had in my corner. Maybe Jimmy Hart. But anyway, it was it was a co I mean, it was a, you know, it was like promotional company against promotional company. And, and each company was represented by their main star, which me against Randy Savage. And man, it just was, it was a huge match. It was a great match. And, and I wound up winning that match. And then, of course, Randy went on to, uh, from there to the, uh, WWE. So it, it worked out great for both of us, but that's probably my, uh, but then I had so many matches with Randy. Man, he came once he was uh, in WWE. He came down to Memphis, and we we had some great matches there in Memphis at the Mid South Coliseum. I'll never forget one match. We had a cage match. Oh, what was her name? You you'll know, Sean. Who was the Who was the girl from? Uh, she was managing in the WWE, and she came and and she was managing. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't Elizabeth. It was before Sherry? Elizabeth. Yes, sensational Sherry. Oh my gosh. She came down and, and actually climbed the cage. I had Randy going and I looked up and here's sensational Sherry climbing in up over the top of the cage and down into the ring. She got in the ring and she did something. I can't remember what, what, but I do remember as she was climbing back up the cage to get back over and outside the cage, she had on this long dress and I reached up and I grabbed her dress and I yanked it and her whole, her whole dress come, came off. And there she was just in her panties, climb, trying to climb out of this cage and the crowd of people went crazy. That match I think is on some, it may, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere, but I, it may be, it may have been one on one of my, uh, DVDs. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was my, probably my most memorable, my, memorable match with randy in memphis but yeah he, he he was he was awesome man they was just uh when i when i sit here and start thinking about the different matches with randy uh some of his interviews he was great on interviews there i remember him and me and randy and lance and me and randy and dave doing interviews uh there at memphis tv and uh just so many i, I can't really put my finger on one specific match but so many great memories with randy macho man savage i love his First ever appearance in the Memphis studio where he came in and just destroyed people and was going at it with Lance Hart and just such an intensity about him that you just can't manufacture. No, no, he was he was great at that. He really was great at that. All right. So our next question is from at Bragdon Matt. One of these seems more likely to me than the other, but it is, do you think CM Punk or John Cena will ever wrestle a match in WWE again? <laughs> OK, you just said you think one of them is more. More so than the other. Which one do you think is? I think there's probably a better chance of seeing John Cena make a return at some point. 
You know what? I'm going to I'm going to go out on the limb here and say, because we do say never say never in the WWE. And I used to say that there is there's one person that would never be back in the WWE ring would be CM Punk. But now, you know what? I've changed my mind. I'm changing my mind. I think we'll definitely see John Cena back in a match. And I think there's a very, very good possibility that we will sometime in the future see CM Punk back in a WWE ring. If that happens, then there really is no never, it seems like. I'm not going to be like Paul Heyman and say, that's a spoiler. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing a spoiler here. That's my own personal opinion. That's just what I think. I think we'll definitely see John Cena back in the ring, and I think that there's a good possibility we'll see CM Punk back in the ring. All right. And uh, let's finish with this question. This is the stuff that interests me. Uh, at Shane Scott 829, does the king have a favorite type of punch? He had so many styles, the jab, roundhouse, slicing uppercut. Uh, do you have a favorite type of punch that you throw? That, that is a good question. Because it seems like when I think back, in almost every match, I'll throw at least one of all of the different kind of punches. I, I, I like my jabs, followed up by the big roundhouse Right. I do also like the big wind-up punch. I'll try to get one of those in every every match. But uh, uh, man, somebody somebody just put up a thing on uh, on Twitter just yesterday, and I retweeted it, and it was a little clip I hadn't seen it in a long, long time of Bill Dundee and I throwing punches oh. in the ring. Did you see that? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I said something about getting these hands or something like that. Bill Dundee getting these hands. And even when I watched that back, I thought. Man, were we really mad at each other or something that day? What, <laughs> what happened? But no, Bill and, and ben, Bill and I just had some sort of a special kind of chemistry there that uh, we, I don't know what, our, you know, somebody. There's a lot going that there's a lot go that goes into throwing a good punch. Uh, the person taking the punch is almost as as responsible for the punch looking good as the, you know, the person that gives it. And Bill was, Bill was, uh, Bill and I just had that certain chemistry that everything that we did looked really good. But I, I, I love the jabs followed up by the big, big wind up roundhouse uh, punch. Not the, not the big, not the big swinging roundup, you know, where I spin around three or four times and then throw the punch, but just, uh, just a big little roundhouse punch. Yeah, you mentioned last week about how Daniel Bryan wanted you to have a class where you teach some of your tricks to yeah. the young guys. I think if you could get them these punches, I mean, obviously they're not going to do it quite like you, but it's an art form. Yeah, you know, I don't ever remember anybody showing me or telling me how to how to throw a punch. That was just something that I've just watched. Uh, you know, I, I, I loved the way Jackie Fargo threw punches, and I think that that was, uh, that was my major influence, watching Jackie Fargo, because that was what Jackie Fargo was all about. That was a, that was, he was a puncher and a kicker and a, uh, and a walk and talker. You know, he, he didn't go out and throw any drop kicks. Well, he did every now and then, but that wasn't his style. He just was known for that great, great-looking punch. And uh, I think just watching Jackie closely is where is where I learned to learned to do that. And that was funny, you know. I told you uh, not long ago about Becky Lynch. She said I've been binge watching Jerry Lawler matches just to try to learn how to throw a, a, a better punch. And I think that's the way you really learn is just watch somebody closely and watch it over and over, and uh, just you know trial and error. Just go out and try to emulate what you've seen there, the, the punches that you really like. Well, thank you so much to everybody who sent in questions. Uh, feel free to keep sending these in, and we'll do this every week. Thank you so much to R-Truth for joining us. Maybe not quite as much thanks to Matt Riviera. 
Yeah, don't thank Matt Riviera. Yeah, we're, we're not thanking him, but we do have that match coming up on January the 18th. Your career on the line versus that Arkansas championship. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get Matt Riviera back on and feed him a little crow, let him eat that little crow next week. We'll have to call him, of course, and let his phone ring off the wall. But <laughs> was that funny or what? What a goof. Anyway, yeah. That, uh, and, and R-Truth, we thank you uh, for being on the show. And uh, this was fun. Fun show today. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye, everybody. We got the champ in the house tonight. Yes, we do, man. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Titans in here. About to go off, dude. We ready to do this stuff? We're ready to rock, man. We ready to rock, Camera champ. guys, ready to roll. Mike, you ready? Ready. Ready. Listen free to Hot Boxing, exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. 